What's shaking you tubanites? Welcome to the Lord's Alarm Box presents the comic book shakers of the week for 5 18 2023. While you guys are congregating, shall we get some music for y'all? I do believe it is uh freestyle Friday, so you know what that means, right? Tomorrow's Friday, so that today is freestyle. So, uh, yeah. Landscapes when this man makes lyrics like the syrups that you pour upon your pancakes. My mandate is to grip minds like a handshake. Spit Orlando Lakes and go skinny dip with the fan base. Over any damn breakbeat, I hastily make pastries tastier than anything that Wolfgang makes. So take notes out of suckers, I make coats, lump of some like Bubba Gump fishing on lake boats. I take jokes and turn the comedy into drama. I'm bagging on your mama. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer behind you. I'm a rhyme writer. Lock, stock, smoking the ganja. Rebuttals, befuddle, leaving a puddle of saliva, sillies. You couldn't handle Randall when I throw my grammar at you. It hit your head and you would think I threw a hammer at you. I point the camera at you like Herb Ritz. Develop it, then use the pictures to pick up bird shits. Your nervous is the impervious wordsmiths. Hanging out in Rafa's new crib come with the verses. What's shaking, everybody? Uh, hey, thanks for joining us on this Thursday afternoon. I know there's a basketball game on, but uh, hopefully YouTube TV won't uh, fuck it up for you. Uh, that was a thing on uh, Tuesday's game. I have YouTube TV, and I couldn't watch the last seven minutes of the game. All prior to that, it was like buffering, oh. and it was just that channel and some other That's channels. heartbreaking. Then I found out later on in the evening, I was trying to watch HBO, 
like before I went to sleep, I was watching Black Mass. Excellent movie, by the way. It's Bob uh, Whitey Bulger. Great, great fucking film. Johnny Depp kills it. So we should watch that. This is something the TiVo is suggesting because that's on the bingo card, everybody. Go ahead and drink. Yeah, interesting fun fact. They found Whitey Ford or Whitey Bulger in Santa Monica, all the way from Boston to Santa Monica in like, I want to say the early 2000s or somewhere around now. It was crazy. But anyway, Laura, say what's good. Hey guys, welcome in. This is my favorite show of the week. So it's a good list, a lot of good ones. I don't think it's an over. Not for me, it ain't. <laughs> JB, say what's good. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Shakers list. It's an offer for me, I'll tell you that, man. This one's a good one. Make sure you comment on today's video what your favorite cover is to be entered into next Tuesday's giveaway. And stick around to the end of the show because we're going to be giving away a few books, I'm assuming. Shit, I got to cap this because I still got to ship like 10 things. <laughs> Let's ship something already. Come I'm on. Gonna, just say like this week, these with this week's runner, what, you know, if I could, I'll just do them tomorrow. So if the guy, whoever wins today, they get back to me by tomorrow, then you'll be in for the last round of books that I have. I got a show back from Anthony at uh, signing. So we'll go. Gabe, say what's good. What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is going to be a fun list. So uh, hang tight. It's going to be good times. Yeah. And, you know. I got these. That's Tim's about to show off the books. How many people there we got? You go. 59 already? Let's get a that. few thumbs up with the 59. Damn. Damn. All signed by Tony. Please. You got it. You nailed it. Uh, uh, ten winners, so road, I think there's man. 10 winners, so we're going to give one to each one of you guys. If there's one that's left over, I also have some uh, unsigned copies. I'll sign myself for you. There you go. So you'll get some type there of signed copy. Cool. All right, this show is long, super long intros, but hey, good things Ooh. come for those who wait, right? This show is brought to our friends over at CoverPrice.com for your price guides, collections, and trends. The top 10 list we do every Tuesday, and this here Shakers list that we do every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Also, our good friends at Bird City Comics. Use a discount code of L-O-T-L-B to get 15% off anything in the Bird City Comics exclusive store. I don't have a graphic, but can you tell them what's dropping Friday, Laura? Uh, actually, it's Saturday this week, oh, but Saturday, we have... Okay. No, you're totally fine. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Lost Years. We have a Inyuk Lee cover. If you guys are familiar with the Predator 1 in 500 that he did, it's the same concept, only with, I believe it's Michelangelo. One of my favorite And of artists. course, if you, if you want that text alert, text the word exclusive to 833-550-0802. Yeah, do that. All right. I can't wait. All right. So let's get right to it, boys and girls. This is the cover price comic book shakers of the week, where uh, this one's a little bit different. The top 10. This uh, list comes from friends of cover price, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily shakers list. This list changes several times a day. So we'll make sure you see what's shaking. We're going to see what's shaking today uh, at the end of this show, boys and girls. So make sure you hang around for that. That's always fun and exciting, right? But let's get things started, shall we? What do we got for the first shaker? All right, let's kick it off. Astonishing X-Men number 61, the Noto variant from 2013. Gambit has his fans, as does Phil Noto. And this variant is easily one of the best portrayals of Gambit you will find. This book does not pop up up for sale often, but the past few times it has exceeded past sales. A raw sold for close to $80 on auction earlier this month. But the focus here is on the $400 sale for a CGC 9.8 this week. News about a Gambit feature film was heavy at one time, but there has only been silence for years now. The character will certainly make his debut at some point, not soon enough. And if successful, Gambit keys and variants will surely heat up. So this is one to keep an eye out for. 
Yeah, this one is is pretty cool. I had no idea it was that expensive in a 9.8. Um, yeah, it's badass. I like this one a lot. Yes. Yeah. Look at that I mean, no first appearance or anything, right? It's just a cool, groovy cover. That's it? Yeah. He's got that, what can I say, look on his He's like, come on. So he's at who on one end? That one is Rogue on one end. Who's that on the other end? Is that Shadow Kitty Pride or who is that? I can't tell. Some in the live chat. Pop it up. All right. <clears throat> number first on the list is Astonishing X Men number sixty one, the Field Noto variant. Four hundred bones for a nine point eight. All right. Here's a good book to have. This is awesome. Here, I love uh, number two here with Akira number thirty seven, Marvel Comics nineteen ninety five. Uh, per Movie Web, uh, Taika Waititi is set to write the script for the long rumored live action adaptation of this famous manga series. Originally, it was rumored that Leonardo DiCaprio was working on the project before that petered out. Regardless, a live action adaptation would be difficult to say the least. Still, seeing news like this gets people talking and especially gets people looking back at the series. The film adaptation was originally released in 1988 and has been parodied, homaged, and love-lettered to death. For good reason, it is one of the most influential works of all time. But what American audiences may be more familiar with is the adaptation produced by Marvel in the mid-90s, stretching 38 issues. Now, recently, the penultimate issue, number 37, came to the market and shattered its previous all-time high sell. A CGC 9.8 came to market and was... Uh, snatched up for a cool $800, doubling on its previous high sale of $400 back in 2021. Not only was not uh, give me a second here. Not only was it the penultimate issue, it it's dang hard to find as the anime audience in America was not what it is today. Also, these books were square-bound and incredibly difficult to find in high grade, especially by the 11 copies of this book that populated the CGC census at that grade. Add an incredible cover to the mix, and you have a fantastic blast from the past, uh, blasting a hole in a collector's wallet. Which is odd that <clears throat> square-bound, well, always they square-bound is either 9-8 or it's not, right? Um is the black cover square bound? Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, if yeah, anybody exactly, read it, yeah. it's done. It's like the, <laughs> it's like soon the as you joke, crack right? this thing. Just yeah. a killing yeah. joke. You read it, it's a 9.8. Uh, if you read it, it's not a 9.8. If you There's don't, no I way. Mean, it can't if be you don't read it, yeah. if you read it. Because it automatically creates, you know, stuff on it. And, you know, from 1995 to now, um, I would say one of the great Easter eggs of Akira and uh, his bike is from uh, Ready Player One, the movie with Steven Spielberg. Uh, the Such Church. a good movie. Love that. Love that flick. Um, yeah, exactly. man. Uh, I love me some anime and uh, stuff. Uh, Akira number 37, Marvel 1995, CTC 9.8 for 800. Uh, I remember when Akira first, I wasn't a big fan of it because I was already in a Macross and, and, you know, Mecha and stuff like this. This is much more highbrow anime. Um, you know, you know, as I got older, I learned to appreciate it. But when I was younger, I was like, eh, it's okay. I mean, it's no Ninja Scroll, but goddamn, I guess it's okay. It, it's, it's one of those anime um, tropes that, the characters just scream at the top of their lungs for no reason at all. You know what I'm talking about? If you watch it in the original <laughs> Japanese, it's uh, 
imagine Attack on Titan. If you guys have seen that anime and how they're like always like screaming, like they're literally gonna die. That's like Akira. If you if you have to see it Japanese with the English uh, subtitles, you have to. All right, Akira number thirty-seven. What do you got up next? Ooh, some more. I was just all talking right. Next up, we've got Battle of the Planets, issue number one, originally published in 1979. With the success of Speed Racer back in the 60s, Tatsunoko's G-Force was the next animated installment to race onto the TV screen. Mark, Jason, Princess, Keop, and Tiny helped pave the way for many future anime projects to prosper in America. With a few tweaks here and there from the original Gachamon, Battle of the Planets was a huge success and goes down in the annals as one of the top 100 animated series of all time. This first episode, no, the first episode, which aired back in 1978, inspired the comic book adaptation by Gold Key shortly after. Although there is a CBCS 9.8 somewhere out there for 1480 bucks, this is the highest sale in a CGC 9.8 at $950 this week. Now, fun fact, Alex Ross is a huge fan of Battle of the Planets and has included his artwork to the franchise over the years. TiVo, you're muted. <laughs> no, I was just saying, oh, that was it. That was just ended abruptly. I was like, okay. I was like, all right. No, because I was Googling something. I was because I bought these. If you can't get these, I highly recommend getting the Michael Turner uh, covers. It's so dope. If yeah, if you haven't seen those, Mike, I, I'm trying to see um how many he did. Yeah, he did the, he did the entire run, I think all the covers were, but he did <laughs> that's he a great the... comment by Lord of Brooklyn. Uncle Roman has 90% of all the Battle of the Planet number ones listed on the CGC census. Yeah, I just just Google the ones, uh just Google the Michael Turner uh, Battle of the Planets. It came out and I want to say it's a top cow book, so it had to have been in the like 2002. Yeah. Um, but it's well, now so I want to see it. I can't move on until I see it now. <laughs> Just Google it. You can Google it. It's Ooh, a, yeah. Okay. covers for that that series and stuff too. Yeah. So Battle Planets from Gold Key. Um, there was a new. I don't know if it was live action or animated. I'm trying to remember. Um, that yeah, it's one of those things like it's Battle of the Planets, Akira, Macros, Macross. They've been like, you know, they've been like in development hell for like the longest time. Um, and, you know, originally Battle Planets was a Japanese what the version of it. They called it Gotcha Man. And then they called it G-Force at one point too. I think it was on, on American TV, didn't they call it G-Force? Was it? I don't remember that, but okay. Yeah, because they, they were thinking Battle of the Planets doesn't really catch it, you know, and I think there was a live action Battle of the Planets movie or some shit like that. So they called it G-Force and they didn't call it Gotcha Man, which was the original Japanese version. All right. So uh, let's get right to it. We always talk about these weird books, and here's your first weird book. Oh, whoops. I was shopping. I just got that Michael Turner variant. I love <laughs> nice. it. Nice. I, I really am. All right. So next up, we have the Comics Journal number 85 from 1983. Everyone is looking for the first appearance of characters that go beyond their official first appearance in a comic book story. Previews have become a big deal. And characters such as Spawn have collectors scrambling for previews and ads that show his first published appearance. Foom is another book that has been a goldmine for collectors looking for the public first published appearances. One collector recently paid $4,000 for a 9.8 preview of Harley Quinn in comic scene number 31. Jeez. 
Yeah, so it's safe to say that this trend will only keep progressing. The Comics Journal number 85 contains the first published appearance of Spider-Man's black costume, which was submitted by a fan in 1982 during a Marvel competition, encouraging fans to come up with new ideas for the Marvel Universe. What's crazier is that Marvel paid said fan $220 for what has become an iconic costume of Marvel's most popular character and also spawned one of the greatest Spider-Man villains of all time. Someone really needed to own this nostalgic piece and dropped $835 for a 9.6 on May 14th. It's about four days ago. Again, this trend is not slowing down, so keep your eyes out there for these unusual preview books and magazines. And another example of that would be Rocket Raccoon. If you look at uh, Marvel preview number seven, that's the first Rocky Raccoon, which I believe he's named Rocket in The Incredible Hulk uh, 271. Same concept, though. Go for the previews. Find them. Yeah, man. So uh, <laughs> Comics Journal number 85 for Fantagraphics, uh, 1983, 835 bones and a 9.6. So you guys need to understand how dope it was to go to a comic book shop in the 80s because you can get stuff like the Comics Journal, the comic book shop weekly or something like that. And then eventually the Wizard and all these. And then a lot of that. What's that one that the little fold out gave that was free? Um no, comic comic shop uh, magazine, comic shop news, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, comic shop I did not know they were still making those. By the way, just my they are shop not news. still making comic. Yeah, shop my, news. My, yeah, they are. My shop doesn't get them all the time, That's but cool. I was like, hey, yeah, I was like, look at it. They still have it. I was take one and yeah. But back then, you go to the store, you go to shop, you get your books, and then you buy Wizard, you buy the Comics Journal, you buy all this great kind of supplementary co uh, content that was out there, and you would read through them because it was a fucking magazine. Go figure. Not a website. You had to read the magazine. All right. The Comics Journal, number 85, 1983, the first appearance of Venom. Is that what you said? Or Black Suit Spidey? Black Suit, Black Spidey, Suit right? Spidey. First preview. I'm sorry, before I get annihilated on preview. the internet. Hey, yeah. Preview. Preview. Previews, a direct edition. All that stuff is like Thanos. It's inevitable. So either roll no. with it or you're swimming upstream, dying like a fish. Anyway. Take my ASM 252 and Secret Wars 8 all day. All right. Here's a chance to get Word. on the board because I did, boys and girls. All right, so we got a uh, Doctor Voodoo number one for uh, number five today. This is the variant, uh, Marvel Comics 2008. This is a book that was covered in 2021 as speculation and rumors assisted in this variant reaching all new highs of $200 raw. As Multiverse of Madness came and quickly went, hype for Doctor Voodoo did as well. But fast forward to 2023. And Dr. Voodoo Chatter is still making the rounds due to various MCU shows and films where he could play a part. It was, it was worth noting that if Dr. Strange were to be phased out in the MCU, Voodoo would be an easy choice as a quote-unquote replacement. All of these rumors and collective speculations have led to this difficult-to-find variant selling for an all-time high of $382 for a CGC 9.8 this week. This, this is an excellent book for speculation purposes, if found for a reasonable price, of course. So be sure to check the bins at your local comic book store. What do you think, TiVo? Could Voodoo replace Doctor Strange? Shut your whore mouth, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
eventually, I mean, you know, actors are going to phase out this set. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, Captain America's gone. You never thought you'd say that. Like, now. That was so real. That was so but, real. That was a okay, moment. Man, read the tea leaves. We're all there, man. We've read the tea rumblings. leaves. Drink, everybody. Read the tea <laughs> leaves. Not, not, so not only did, uh, what was that show? Uh, it's Cloak and Dagger takes place in New Orleans. Dr. Voodoo's from New Orleans. You got um, Strange Academy. Dr. Voodoo is a teacher there. Um, you know, and this is the first time he's called Dr. Voodoo, by the way, uh, you know, because Brother Voodoo, which I have two or three of those as well, <laughs> 9.2. Um, and, um, you know, obviously, you know, you can't call a dude Brother Voodoo nowadays. Come on now. I mean, I can because I'm cool like that. But, you know, just your average dude. But Dr. Voodoo sounds just dope. Dr. Strange, Dr. Voodoo, put it all together. You make it complete. And this is also dope, dope homage to who? Frank Bruner. That's right. It's even on the cover. Oh, no, yeah, this is my tan. Oh, tan. Oh, tan. You disappointed me, tan. He should have said tan after Bruner. But anyway, everybody knows this is uh, an homage to Doctor Strange number one, right? Come on. Let's just highlight that for a while. I'm going to find Matt and I'm going to just gonna slap the show. <laughs> yeah, for even insinuating that, putting that into the universe that way. JB, they want you to clip that. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're going to have to clip that. All right. Well, all right. Here's a really fun book. Here's a really fun book. We always talk about these frame covers on here. Here's one of the cooler ones. All right. Before I get to this one, man, we got 97 in the house. Let's all take a moment and hit the thumbs up. It's free. All right. Next up. The Ewoks, issue number 10, originally published in 1986. Star Wars is incredibly hot right now, but $580 for a 9.8 of a direct edition Ewoks book? Come on, man. After some digging, here's what we know. There are only 18 CGC 9.8 copies on the census out of 64 non-signature series. Total graded. That's not a ton, but not exactly a ghost for a random Ewok issue. Now, there are a couple of small reasons behind its demand. First, you have a solo cover of Wicked. And second, it's a Marvel frame cover featuring Marvel MCU big names, which is kind of an odd semi... A semi... I can't even know what that word is. Hold on, where are <laughs> Crossover you situation. <laughs> See, I, I knew I should have reread that one. For Marvel Frame Completist, and I am, securing 9.8 copies of the -the off-the-radar mid-80s books is definitely a thing. And this $580 sale may be the highest ever, but it's not exactly unique. Two other identical copies sold for $400 each last year. And when I say identical, I mean it. The CGC labels for these three were sequential from... Ending in 21 to ending in 23. <laughs> so it looks like someone found a stack of crispy wickets and sent them over in one go. So maybe keep an eye out for more to emerge. Yes. Yeah, well, so, right. pre, prescient? Prescient? Prescient. Is it prescient? Prescient. Yeah, it's prescient. Word. Damn Shout you, Matt. Writers and cover price. Always throwing in some hard words for us three. I appreciate it. Yeah, so Ewoks number 10, uh, number 10, the direct edition. So not only is this a frame, this is an anniversary frame issue, which makes it even more collectible. Uh, look for all these sets if you can find them. I, I, meant, I think like two or three years ago, I, you know, because I was looking for the blank variant, right? Because that one's really hard to find. Or not, uh, not a variant, excuse me, just a blank cover. 
It's from 1986, for God's sakes. Why would they have a blank cover in 1986? That's why it's so rare. So I went on eBay, and somebody had every frame cover, and they were selling them as a set, like uh, just raw. And I was like, man, they wanted like, what, $1,000? I don't even know how many there are, but, you know, something you should look for. Well, every time I go to- There's a couple that are really hard to find, and yeah. there it is, Geek Stock. Geek Stock. You nailed it. You nailed it. This Ewoks is one of the hardest ones to find, and the Care Bears one is a hard one to find. So if you're a completionist and you're trying to fill this run, those two just crush you. Yeah. I mean, I like the blank cover, too, because you can just put your own character in. You know what I'm saying? Get somebody to draw, do a sketch for you, and they can put their own character in there, man. Uh, it was weird. Like, I just, like, when I was at the LCS with Ant and Adam, um, I, there was a blank cover that came out. I was like, wow, you don't see many blank covers nowadays either. I mean, there used to be all the rage. Remember that? Like, four years ago? Man, there used yeah. to be blank variants all the time. But, all right, time for our regular phone book that we do every month or so. Oh, this is me. Okay, Foom, number 15 from 1976. Who doesn't love to see an American out Howard the Duck rocking the Nixon pose? One recent collector sure did, willing to part with $1,001 to secure a beautiful CGC 9.8 copy. However, despite a killer wraparound cover and interior art from legend John Romita Sr. and Jack Kirby, there is more to this book. It features a preview of Miss Marvel and Captain Britain, technically both of their first appearances, as neither would appear for several months. Miss Marvel got the preview treatment for issue number one of her run four months before it debuted, while Captain Britain got a preview one month before his debut in Captain Britain number one. In a time when collectors often debate first appearances, a la Wolverine and Hulk 180 versus 181, some feel the debate is settled with this issue and are willing to pay a premium for it. The sale of $1,001 beats out its previous high secured sale last year by $201. Oddly enough, a CGC 9.6 sold the same day for a minor $215. Once again, a premium grade warrants a premium price. But for those looking to secure this book, a 9.6 is much more attainable for the masses. Why not, as it features an excellent cover and internal news featuring great tidbits about some of the greats of all time and up-and-comers alike, like Jerry Conway, George Tuska, Sal Bishima, Archie Goodwin, Chris Claremont, Dave Cockrum, Jim Mooney, Paul Galassi, Bill Mountlode, Keith Bullard, Jack Kirby, Mike Royer, Roy Thomas, George Perez, Barry Windsor-Smith, John Warner, Ross Andrew, Marv Wolfman, and Len Wine. A wall of names to read, but many well that the done. community... Well done. Yeah, touche, touche. Well done. And innovation. Thank you. Thank you. Boom. Boom awesome. for foam. All right. Friends of <laughs> old Mary, old, old Mary Marvel, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, yeah, um, I had no idea that this was the first appearance of uh, Miss Marvel being Carol Danvers and first uh, Captain Britain. That's nuts. I did not know that. See, you learn something every day, boys and girls on the Shaker Show. Right. That's two uh, preview appearances on the list. Yep. So this book has too. two previews just alone in it, right? Because yeah. this is, yeah, that's amazing, man. So, yeah, Foom number 15 from 1976, 1001 in a 9.8. For the person to bid a thousand, you must be just killing yourself to get out <laughs> bid by a dollar. All right. You know us, we love us some silver, uh, bronze A or silver age, very basically a year whore, right? This is Let's get to it. Golden, yeah, this is a great one. Crazy here. ass dogs oh. on there. I don't know what's wrong with them dogs. 
so this is House of Mystery number one, uh, DC Comics, uh, 1951. Attributed to being DC's first published horror comic, House of Mystery was a long-running compilation of terror that spanned over 30 years. House of Mystery itself was responsible for various other spinoffs, most notably Dial H for Hero. With the horror, mystery, and suspense themes dominating the era, DC had to throw their hat into the genre and produce this book with a classic homage-themed cover to Wild uh, to Weird Tales, March 1933. This week, House of Mystery reached a high sell of 2,450 for a CGC 7.5. There are 114 copies currently on the census, with sales increasing consistently year after year. That is pretty cool, man. <clears throat> First DC horror book, 1951, House of Mystery, number one. I love that it. Is. Yeah, man, I love the, the way they showed the House of Mystery with uh, with um, Constantine or Constantine. Whatever. No, you said I mean, it right the first time. You said it right. Constantine. Yeah. I, I'm gonna call him Constantine, man. What did they, What did he call him on the uh, Keanu Reeves film? Constantine, Constantine or Constantine? Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so but the comic, he very clearly says his name's Constantine. Okay. And the animated shows too. I'm trying to see the animated movies because the Justice League Dark they they feature the house uh, the House of Mystery very prominently. And there's that weird alien chick that lives inside of it. Who is that chick? Uh, I'm trying to remember her name. She looks like an alien though. She's got like weird wings and she she just looks like an alien. But you know what are you gonna do? All right, uh, House of Mystery number one, 1951. CGC uh, 7.5 for 2450. Wow, that seems like a great deal. A 7.5 like Yeah. All right. That's so we go from 1951 all the way up to like, uh, boom, 2008. What is this? Yeah, well, this is craziness right here. All right, folks, this is my last read of the night. So make sure you give us a thumbs up if you're enjoying the show. We've got Scud, the Disposable Assassin, issue number 21, the Ashley Wood second print, originally published in 2008 from Image. Now, this is a fun and smart series that was created by Rob Schrab and published by Fireman Press in 1994. In the 90s, Rob was a longtime co-writer with community creator and Rick and Morty co-creator Dan Harmon. In fact, Scud appeared in early animation projects featuring Rick and Morty's original personas of Doc and Marty. Hmm. Scud was even once optioned for a film in 1997 at Oliver Stone's company, Illusion Entertainment. However, by 1998, Schrab was frustrated by the overall series direction and put it on hiatus with issue number 20. As Schrab's Hollywood career took off, along with a falling out with Fireman Press over the rights, that hiatus became indefinite. Ten years later, in 2008, with the rights issue resolved, Shrab released Scud in a four-part series with issues 21 through 24 at Image Comics. He was quoted saying, we wanted Scud to go out with a bang. This low-printed issue of 6,800 copies ended up with a WonderCon exclusive cover, as well as this second print drawn by Ashley Wood. Now, both of these covers are incredibly rare and nearly impossible to find. Ashley Wood has a die. Uh, Ashley Wood has a diehard set of fans who pay premiums 
for his hard-to-find work, and this definitely fits that. Hence, this week's new high sale of $325 for a CGC 9.8. Okay. I'm digging it. Uh, I, I mean, that's because I remember Scud came out in the 90s, right? Um, I'm trying to remember Scud, the original. Yeah, there, there was a video game. Press. Yeah, but uh, I dig this cover. It looks very, you know why? It's not glossy. It's got like that very, you know, kind of flat, kind of graffiti look to it. Just look at the top of his head. All right. As graffiti artists, That's we definitely should do, a little graffiti artist, right? Uh, yeah. As graffiti artists, what we do is try to make a shiny point on things when you draw when you draw them. So that's like the prototypical thing that you would see from somebody doing a piece, not tagging. Well, you can see in tagging. Yeah, still with like, the white uh the white outline and everything too. It is oh, very yeah. graffiti. Yeah, I'm digging it. Like if you see graffiti pieces, they're always comic book characters in them. Uh one of the biggest dopest pieces I saw was right off King Road in East San Jose, and they uh back way back in like the 80s, somebody had thrown up a giant a burner of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the car wash. And I was like, that's dope because I knew what it was. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this graffiti artist definitely knows his comic books. So he's talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in like 86, 87, you know, way before this is like you know, the Mirage Teenage Mutant Turtles, but anyway. Scud, the disposable assassin number 21. It sure did take a long time to get to issue 21, right? It was like, we'll do one through 20, and then, uh, you know, maybe 10 years later, we'll continue with uh, 21. But, hey, kudos to him for sticking with it, man. All right, last one on the list, boys and girls. Don't go away. We'll see what's shaking today. Can't, right. can't have a show without a video game book, right? Yeah, to end the list, we have Sonic the Hedgehog issue number four. This is the Tyson Hess retailer incentive, one in 25 from IDW back in 2018. Released by IDW in 2018, this incentive ratio features the incredible creative talents of writer Ian Flynn and artist Evan Stanley. Issue number four also introduces Tangle the Lemur, a spunky and resourceful new character who adds a fresh dynamic to the story. In this story, Tangle teams up with Sonic and Blaze to take on Dr. Eggman, leading up to a climatic battle. Both being an incentive and a modern book, this item certainly has a niche crowd. There have only been four recorded sales, the most recent being a raw issue that sold for $100, which is a new high. The other three sales range from 40 to 80. Interesting, this cover does not feature Tangle. Huh. <clears throat> so I'm trying to think and when did the Sonic first Sonic Hedgehog movie come out? Oh, I haven't I don't know. Was it around 2018? Because the just the audacity of IDW to throw up a one in twenty-five variant for Sonic the Hedgehog, right? I mean that's that's just nuts to me, but you know, each is all in it. You know, people grew up uh, with a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um if uh <laughs> you should see the documentary thing, that's right. I brought up documentary documentary the, drink, everybody. That's the third fill out your bingo card. The uh was that it's a video game like a show on Netflix and they talk about uh, how Sonic came along and just really wanted to, you know, disrupt everybody. And they even start, they said, Sonic, you know, it was like, you know, it was like uh, assault on the senses when it, if you remember when they used to do commercials, it was crazy, but I forgot what the name of it is called. Look it up. I think it's, it's one of those video game ones where they go through like, Oh, you know, Nintendo on the scene and you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then the last episode is, um, is uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And they even talk about like, um, uh, what was that? Um, Doom, the first-person shooter, like one of the real first first-person shooters. I mean, if you want to get legit, that was uh, Frankenstein. That the uh, what was that um, Castle Wolfenstein? Yeah, the one with like uh, you know, like 
zombie Hitler and all that. That was really the true first person shooter. But I remember after that, it was like, you know, that really spawned everything. I mean, it just got out of control. And I always sucked the first person shooter. So I was like, screw you guys, man. <laughs> all right. Um, although I did really like, uh, what's that? No, Diablo wasn't the first person shooter. I think they did. Did they have one? I'm trying to think. Anyway. All right. We doing here. All right. Well, uh, you know how this works. We want to give away uh, some books, and maybe TiVo will actually ship them tomorrow. That would be great. If you get a hold of him. Scan out if of you control, get a hold man, of you him. You keep on making tonight. me give away shit every day, man. <laughs> if you get a hold of him tonight, maybe he will put those out in the mail to you tomorrow. Um, please take a moment, if you haven't already, to uh, drop a comment, any comment, on last uh, Tuesday's show. And make sure you're commenting on this show when it ends. Maybe your favorite cover, you know, maybe any comment, maybe your your highlight of the show. Uh, did you did you fill out your bingo card when TiVo mentioned the documentary? I was really close. Um, but we're going to go ahead and run this now. I think we've given everybody plenty of time. So we're going to run over here. And I think we've got how many comments did we have on here? I think we have 53 comments, 53 comments on that video. TiVo, you want to run it now, right? Are you good? Tivo? I don't know. You're muted. So there's another bingo card entry. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and run it. Okay. Yeah, man. Where's you've it? been dropping in there all night. What are they waiting for? All night. We're running it. Okay, everybody. Who's the winner today? And we've got Ronnie, Ronnie. Sanders and the rest in the live chat. Super dog. <laughs> Every show is better than the last. Love it. Yay. Fantastic comment. Congratulations, Ronnie Saunders. You are a winner. I think Reach he's in the live chat to too. Make no? sure we get those books to you. Yeah, he's in the live chat too. I think he is in the live chat for sure. Tivo, you want to seamlessly transition us into uh, checking the daily shakers list? Yeah, let me actually flex and go to my collection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, this is a <clears throat> high production value here that we've got here on the channel. Shout out to the hundred and two in the chat. Let's make sure you're taking a moment to hit that thumbs up. All righty, let's see what's shaking today, boys and girls. This is the top 10. Still digging this Nakayama variant. Dope. You know, it's cool. Somebody just tagged me when I was talking about how the bag has like art on it. And he uh, he tagged me on Twitter. And um, which one did he show? As I seamlessly digress here on. Yeah, Zombie Prophet was. Uh, who, who tagged me though? Yeah, Zombie Prophet, who's in the live chat as well. Uh, the poly bag for Ghost Rider 28 is pretty badass, yeah. And it even has an outline of Ghost Rider's face on the back of it. So so on the back cover, you can see Ghost Rider's face. Is it on the front cover? I'm trying to see. Yeah. You know what? There it is. Yeah. See the outline here? Yeah, barely. It's Ghost Rider's face. Cool. What? Very cool. Yep, in the bag. So release them from their bags. Uh, all right. Let's see what's uh, shaking. Yeah, get that poster out of there and hang it up on your wall like a badass. Mm -hmm. I know I got like a bunch of them. I was like, maybe I'll throw them in. Oh, only one. What are we doing only here? One. What's up with that? Only Damn. a Hulk 181. That's all. TMNT no TMNT one, one huh? 6.0 for 13 grand. No Fantastic wow. Four one? Come on. Come on. Ah, that's too obvious, man. Come on. I want to see why. 6.0 for 13 grand. Man, oh, man, oh, man. 1.5 for 7,300. Wow. That's, not bad wow, that's actually low. That should be higher. It will should, I'm serious. 1.5. I would. Yeah, that should be like a about a like 1.8 thousand dollar book. Grand. I think this book has room to grow. 9.0 sold for 5200. First appearance uh, classes, uh, Nightcrawler and Thunderbird. That is so low for a 9.0. 9.8, oh 72 grand. Oof. 
now is mine signed by Chris Claremont. So, uh, cool. Where of my night number one. You don't have an ASM 300, Timo? You could have bought one yesterday on uh, yeah. nah. I, I it. <laughs> started it for a dollar. If anyone point... wants to know what it went through, I think I think it ended at 335. Nice. 9.8 for 38.50. I'm not a fan of Venom. I mean, even though it's this historic comic book, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just sell it at the hype of and you know, you know, now that Marvel's gonna do Venom movies, you know, because uh let's be honest, those last two were oof. Oh, that uncunning tales. Click on that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uncunning tales. Jesus. This is a good one. 2500 for an 8.0. Wow. That seems so reasonable. Look how dark that cover is. That must be a tough book. That is gnarly. I love it. Yeah. Good old. Oh, 9.8 for 2700. Wow. That's big money. I guess I get mine graded. I'm in Japanese for the longest times. First appearance of the Living Mummy, 20, almost 2,700 and 9.8. Uh, wow. Highest known value was last year for 38.50. Wow. Man, I was really specking on these, really, really telling everybody to buy them. Damn you all. <laughs> First appearance of Pace Pot Pete and the Wizard. All right. There you go. That's Pace doctor. Pot Pete. That's the highest known value. 72 grand for 9.0, 9.2. All right. Doctor Strange. Who does he Ooh. become? Who does Pace Pop Pete become? Dead. I don't know. No, look at this one. What? He evolves into another character. Los Fantasticos, number four. Gay? La Rocha Humana? Islama, si estingues solo padre, kuma una parte del espejo. Escojo, veo todo, acabo. Like that? Esta prisión de espresso y de espejos fue genial mago antocha a la saldra. Wow. What is this? I need to get this now. <laughs> Although it's interesting, it doesn't say it's a string. It's, it's basically saying it's a Fantastic Four book. Um, it doesn't say what issue. I mean, well, well, they probably like Strange you can Tales. You tell what it is. Yeah. Nobody wants it. So it's a Strange Tales 110 Mexican edition. Wow, 685 for 5.5. That's crazy. Okay. I'm gonna get one now. Does it wait? Let me go back there. Does it feature the first appearance of Doctor Strange on it? Let me see. Oh, in the uh, European one? Oh, yeah, the Mexican edition. Because it is a Strange Tales 110. So I would assume, though. Yeah, well, it's a, it came out in, well, shit, not too far. I'm wondering if it's one of those weird things where they just... I mean, so they, they don't exact same. 100% the same. It oh, because you know why? Doctor Strange is a backup story. On this. Yeah, he's so the backup story. Yeah, could be just the backup story. Ah. Bastados! Alright. Getting me all excited there and shit. Yeah, damn, man. Thrawn! Thrawn's coming! It's what too the grand. hell? Wait a second. Am I reading this right? Oh, it's a raw no grade. That's why. Oof. Raw. It's a lot of money to spend for a no grade raw one right now. Well, that just means they couldn't verify what the grade of it was. Um, Bam, look at that. So fine. Even a mid-grade fine copy has got an FMV of 826 bucks, but the last sale was 1100 yesterday. You're not helping my case, man. I'm never going to get one of these. So (laughs) I had a slabbed copy. I'm trying to remember what it was. 9.0 or 9.2. Which I used to trade for my Strange Tales 110 5.5. So, yeah, it was a wash. Hey. 
I mean, that's a huge difference for first Punisher between um, if we go down here, I mean, from 9.0 to like 9.8. Jeez. Even 9.8 seemed really reasonable to me. I'm sorry. But, you know, when you think about Ghost Rider Soul for what, 250 grand almost? I mean, I mean, man, maybe he'll get some love when he gets to the, uh, the Feige effect, right? Or as Laura uh, says, the Feige effect. All right. Feige. Feige. I like Beige. I was just talking about this, how, uh, you know, in early on in Silver Age and Bronze Age, yeah, DC was already doing homages. Which one is this? Is this the homage or is this the one they, this is the homage. Two, two, this seven, is right? the original, isn't it? No, this is, is this the original. The people are homaging. They're homaging an earlier issue of, um, I forgot what it was. Gabe, you remember what it was? I'm trying to remember which one it was, but it was a gold. Yeah, Neil Adams did homage to a. Uh, so uh, back at back in 1970, they were already they were running out of ideas and homaging covers. Of that well, shit, they did it with that uh, House of Mystery number one. That's an homage. And that was 1951. So there you go. They've been homaging themselves for a long. Oh hell yeah! What's this? Looks like the lady in. Uh, Oh, it Red. is. There it is. God, Red. man, we got a great chat. So much knowledge. Conan the Barbarian, number five, 9.84, thousand bones. I love this cover. Look at that. Look at that all red dress. Kind of looks good. like Sigourney Weaver and Ghostbusters, right? It <laughs> keep her a gozer looking for the key master. Oh, my God. You just oh nailed it. God. Yes. I'm the gate. Are you the gate? I'm the key master looking for the gatekeeper. Goes, hey, <laughs> make sure you guys get some of that spread right here. I don't invite my friends to these parties because, you know, it's a tax deductible. Rick Moranis is the man. I was just watching that the other day. That's why it's still fresh in my head. I'm the geek. Are you the gatekeeper, Gerzer? I'm the key master. Yes, awesome. Your Honor, this man has no dick. Anyway, I can go on for days and days. Cats and dogs. Dogs and cats living together. Human sacrifice. All right. I'm done. Uh, you know what? I, after I watched Ghostbusters, I was like, I have a jonesing to watch the, not the female version, but the other one with the kid from Stranger Things in it. Such a great adaptation, man. If I love this book. That. I had the uh Golden Records uh 45 when I was a kid that did this book. Yeah. And uh first appearance man, of, this man is one of my favorites. I still think this is a great spec, man. You know, I think an upcoming Spider-Man's funny thing is he was in the ones with um Toby McGuire, at least the character that get remember uh she was married to him. Um um Mary Jane, she was married to him, and remember he was J. Jonas Jameson's son, and he was an astronaut. So they were yeah. like laying. The, they were they, si were like, they were laying the foundation. Yeah. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Look at this goofy bastard's head. <laughs> the Marvel the family battles Mister Triangle. <laughs> Fucking Triangle, get out of here with that shit. Not very uh, yeah. golden age, everybody. Golden yeah. age. Poor Shazam. What are you gonna do, man? Uh 8.5 for 700. You better get on these, son. I have a 9.6. I sold my 9.4. Um, the Red what Seal is Comics. More. That Look is not even that. a good girl. She looks horrified. That's like a... Red you know how good girls, even in distress, they kind of like have a sexy look about them, too? That, look at that face. That's like, I'm going <laughs> to die. Uh, the world's greatest comics. Well, that's a bold... Uh, I think that guy's yeah. meth lab in the background. I know, right? It's a lot yep. going on here. Yeah. Who is this guy? Chessler Dynamic Comics from 1945. Red Seal Comics. Ooh, 
Never heard of him. Okay. Who's crying? Yeah, my kids. Sorry. Right, hold on. The unmasking of Harlequin. Look at that. Alan Scott. I don't know what he's doing, but all right. I'm digging it. 650 for a VG. Ah, look at that. Sheena, queen of the jungle. Look at that. Safari for gorillas, zebra raiders, and giants of the Congo. Again, the face is interesting. Scary. Yeah. Yeah, Check out the eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I like that one. Uh, Hey, guys, I got to cut short. Sorry about that. I will catch you guys on Tuesday. Thanks for having me. Peace. Good night, JB. First appearance of the Prowler, which is so he was so good in the Spider-Man Institute Universe, across the universe of that or whatever the fuck it's called. The Spider-Man animated film, damn it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was so cool in that. All right, boys and girls, thanks for hanging out with us. We're right upon the witching hour of 7 p.m. Pacific. Laura, any last words? Yeah, make sure you guys uh sub the exclusive text line. We do have that book launching on Saturday, and then next week. We will be releasing uh, a cover that I think you guys will be excited about. I know Gabe will be. So oh. make sure you're following us on Instagram and mm. you'll you'll know so more. It's either week. Profit or Battle Chasers. I don't know. You have to wait and All see. Right. Gabe, any last words? All right, man. I'm excited for next week. Uh, see everybody then. Thanks All right. So peace out, everybody. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you Tuesday for the uh, Shaker Show. Or the top 10, excuse me. So uh, until next time, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out.